Hey, good afternoon, everybody. We wrap up the uh, wild NFL playoff weekend. The Kings back in action tonight. No Trey Young for Atlanta. He's been ruled out indefinitely with a concussion. So since the uh, opposition doesn't have their best player, that probably means they'll beat the Kings. Uh, we saw it the other day with the Indiana Pacers. Who knows what to expect with uh, Sacramento? But uh, I got to tell you, listen, uh, I'm looking at these games that were played over the weekend. And if you and I did this on my rant today. If you're a fan of the Buffalo Bills, don't you kind of like wonder if it's ever going to happen? I mean, how close has this team come to playing in a championship game? You can go back a few seasons ago with the playoff game at Kansas City, where, I mean, it was almost impossible to lose that game, but they did. Yesterday, and I'll say something, I think the call by Sean McDermott to fake the punt in that situation with the field position basically boils on incompetency. All right. Yeah. I know Kansas city fumbled at the half yard line, but that game should have been over for all intents and purposes right there because of a horrible coaching decision by Sean McDermott. Now I understand that you still have a field goal attempt and you know, if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, the last thing you want is a game to come down to your field goal kicker. I don't have to go over the history with that. But I give Kansas City a lot of credit. They know how to win. They know what it takes. They're multiple Super Bowl winners. They have Patrick Mahomes. Uh, most times they don't beat themselves. I think they're going to have a very challenging time winning at Baltimore. Uh, but that should be a heck of a game. You know, as far as the 49ers go, it's not often in the NFL that you can play poorly and still win. And that's what the Niners did. And, you know, we keep on talking about Christian McCaffrey, maybe being the MVP of the league. I'm not so sure that Debo Samuel is not the most viable player on the 49ers. We saw what happened earlier in the year. We didn't have Samuel and the Niners offense just does not look the same when Debo Samuel is not on the field. Now, the good news is he doesn't have a fracture in the shoulder, but Reading between the lines, uh, I think it's going to be very difficult for Samuel to play. And if he does, uh, I can't imagine him being on the field for many snaps. You know, maybe occasionally, but uh, I, you know, I think the 49ers are going to prepare to play this game without Samuel. Lions will be without a starting offensive guard. They also got tight end problems. They had to sign Zach Ertz today. And he has been put on the practice squad, and then he will be activated for the championship game. Now, he's 33. He won a Super Bowl with Philadelphia. You know, he knows how to play, but there's a reason why he was available. So, Zach Ertz will be on the field for the Detroit Lions. I don't know what to expect in this game. I mean, I think that if you look at the two teams on paper, San Francisco looks better, but they didn't play well against Green Bay. They didn't play well. You know, Purdy didn't play well. The offense was struggled. The, the, the offense struggled. I mean, we get that. But what about the defense? Where's that championship caliber defense? You know, I, I'm a little leery if I'm looking at this from the 49ers perspective uh, coming up this Sunday. All right, you know the routine. You raise your hand, and I'll put you right up on the show with me. Let's say hello to Al. Al, how are you today? 
Wide right, Nave. Wide right. I know you're having a flashback on that one, man. Yep. Yep. Well, you know what? That guy, that kicker was was iffy, man. He, he, he you know, they, they when you can't go on a. I'm sorry, I've said this before of talking to you. If you don't, have, if you got iffy at a kicker, man, in in the playoffs, you're just playing with dynamite, man, and you know. And Diggs dropped one right. I mean, did you see that? That throw to Dick down the field, 60 yards in the air, and they, it wasn't even a yeah. – there was no air on that. thing. He just laid it right in there, right in his hands, and he drops it. Again, it's the Bills. They just can't seem to put a game together when they have to in the playoffs. You know what? I, and I agree with you on McDermott. I was like, what is he doing? But you know what? I think – I think McDermott had no no confidence in his defense stopping the Chiefs at all, and you know, so he kind of pushed the panic button in a in a way. That's my take. I don't know. You know, well, then, you know what? If you don't have any confidence in your defense, then go forward on every single fourth down during the game. Then I mean, it just doesn't yeah. make any sense in that situation. That is yeah, a right. basically basically that decision there is yeah. a. Uh, make it or break it decision. And let's face it, yep. that should have been the game. The Chiefs fumbled at the half yep. yard line. The Chiefs should have oh. scored a touchdown there. And if they, let me tell you something. If the Chiefs score a touchdown there, so you, Sean McDermott may be out of a job as you and I are having this conversation right now. What's your take on the on the the fumble through the end zone back on the 20? Are you, are you have a four against that. It's a, it's a I, terrible rule. I've never liked that rule. It makes no sense. Um, you know, I'm okay if you take the ball and put it back at the 20 and give it to the offensive team. But I think yeah. it's too severe of a penalty. I really do. I've never, I've never liked that. I think, it, and I'll tell you something else I don't like in the NFL. I think the pass interference is too severe of a penalty. You know, these 40, yeah. 50, 60 yard penalties, it's too yeah. much. It's too severe in the NFL. I don't like, those are two things I don't like. You know what I didn't understand in the, in the lion Tampa Bay game, the, the, the Bucks score, it's 31, 23. And he went for two. Why did they? Why would they go for two there? Well, it's a it's another horrible coaching decision by a guy that has made a lot of horrible decisions uh, as a head coach in um, in Todd Bowles. I mean, it makes yeah. absolutely no sense yeah. whatsoever. It makes zero sense. It's stupid. I mean, this is the same guy that you know in a playoff it's a game. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. I mean, it just it it it, it befuddles me how a coach in that situation can go for two there. It makes absolutely no sense. And you know what else? I, I didn't realize this watching the game. And by the way, unlike the wild card round, oh, three, all these games, except for the, the first one, the Texas were great games and, you know, close and hard fought and, you know, tense. And so that was some fun stuff, but you know, it was just, you know what, um, I'm going inter- to interrupt you for one minute. I'm okay. Going for two. If it's okay. the end of the game, and you're on the road and you don't like the way the flow of the game's going and you're you don't mm-hmm. you don't have the ability in your defense to get a stop if you feel right. that way. I'm okay if you're Tampa there and you kick the extra point and then you okay. get the ball back and score a touchdown. If if let's hypothetically say Baker Mayfield, instead of throwing an interception, had taken the team down the field, right. and let's assume that they kicked an extra point and now you're out down by seven. And let's say you yeah. get into the uh, end zone with less than 30 seconds or 40, whatever. I'm okay going for two there. I'm th- in that situation, I'm okay as a road team taking okay. my chance yeah. to go for two to win the game as opposed right. to going to overtime. That would be a scenario I'm okay with. I'm not okay going for it you know, going for two when you're already down another score. That makes no sense to me. 
Oh, absolutely. I totally agree with what you just said. Absolutely. If you want to go, go for the win, but at this point, the guy goes for I I'm completely agree with you on that, which isn't surprising because I'm usually on <laughs> agree with you on spite everything you say. But anyway, it was, uh, you know, uh, Jackson Lamar, he played well, man. You know, he's got a kind of like some pressure on him that like Dak Prescott had, you know, Jackson had a, had a good all around game. And boy, though, you've spoke of the Ravens, how disciplined they are on, in their tackling, you know, and they, they are a, a strong team. It was a good game for a half. And then they just, they just broke it open. How do you, uh, early on the early assessment, what do you, what do you think for the Listen, Super Bowl? Baltimore's the best team. Baltimore's the best team in the NFL. They've proven it this year. They've proven yeah. it every single step of the way. They're the best team in the NFL. And Lamar Jackson was outstanding, but I mean, yeah. uh, I've seen Lamar Jackson play that way a lot. So I know he's capable yeah. of it. He just right. hadn't done it in January, but he did it. But this is a different animal. He's not taking on, yeah. you know, and again, no disrespect to CJ Stroud who's had a marvelous year, but he's not oh, taking yeah. on Houston this week. He's taking on oh, a no. team that's the defending champs that knows oh, how to play in big games. Oh my word. Hey, it's, that is the, you're preaching in the choir, man. Patrick Mahomes, he just knows how to just get it done and, that Isaiah Pacheco, that kid is explosive, man. Man, is he quick. He just got kind of a burst. Well, thanks for taking my call. It was a lot of fun. I'll be talking to you later in the week. And how do you like the, you know, it's funny. I was talking to my nephew. He's a diehard Niners fan. All my friends were Niners fans. All were drinking after the game and had to, you know, calm down. And, and he said, you know, if the Niners win, whoever wins the AFC, it's going to be a rematch in the Super Bowl. You know, I didn't realize that, but it'd be a rematch if they played the Ravens from yep. the Harbaugh, Bowl. Yep. And it'd be a rematch, yep. of course, against the Chiefs. But don't count out Mahomes, man. Oof. He's he's he's, a, he's epic, man. Oof. Six in a row. Wow. Hey, man, take care. Thank Thanks for taking the call. Go Kings. All right, yeah, speaking of the Kings, uh, we have pregame with Ryan, halftime with Jerry Reynolds, and postgame show coming up tonight. And then the Kings hit the road at Golden State on Thursday. Then uh, they go to Dallas, Memphis, Miami, Indiana, Chicago, Cleveland. And then they have the schedule wrapping up before the All-Star break where they're home Detroit, home Denver, at Oklahoma City, at Phoenix, at Denver. I don't know if you know this or not, I mean, I know you know this, but I'm saying this as a kind of a figure of speech. You know, the Kings are now eighth. They're eighth in the Western Conference. Eighth. All right, let's get to Connor. Hello, Connor. How are you? Doing good, Grant. How are you? Good, buddy. So I just wanted to talk about the Buffalo Bills and the Chiefs. It just seems like Josh Allen can't conquer Mahomes. What is he, over three now against him in the playoffs? Yeah, but you can't blame yesterday on uh, on Josh Allen. Oh, I know. I think the blame has to be Stephon Diggs and the coaching. Stephon Diggs, he's the number one weapon on that offense. Gets targeted eight times, only has three catches for 21 yards. Yeah, that's pretty bad. No question about it. And I give credit to Kansas City, but, you know, that one drop he had, you can't have a drop like that in a game of that magnitude. Yeah, and what did you think about that fake punt call that they ran there? That seems like it was pretty sketchy. I call. think it's incompetency. I think it's incompetency. I think that Sean McDermott, you know, is very lucky that the Chiefs fumbled at the half yard line because the reality is he probably would have been fired over that decision. He probably would have already been fired today. He might be fired anyway, but that just to me borders on like Beyond stupid, beyond stupid. It's just flat out stupid. That's all there is. There's just no, there's no way to defend that. 
Yeah, and then with the Chiefs, I know they're a couple games away, and they have to play at Baltimore and then the Super Bowl. But let's just, for hypothetical, if Patrick Mahomes wins the Super Bowl this year, and I'm assuming he gets the Super Bowl MVP with that, where do you think he ranks among the all-time great quarterbacks already in his career? Uh, he'd be in the top five, in my opinion, based on a scenario you just unfolded. I mean, I, I don't see how you could not have him in the top five. You would, you would, you know, to me, Joe. And then the other question is how far back do you want to go? Do you go back in the history of the NFL? I mean, do you want to go back to the era of, you know, the 40s and the 50s? Or do you want to talk about the modern day era? And then, you know, at what point do you consider, you know, the modern day era? You know, to me, Peyton Manning, in my opinion, is one of the greatest quarterbacks that I've ever seen play. In my, in, on my list, he's top five. Uh, John Elway on my list is top five. But then I grew up in an era where I watched Johnny Unitas play. Johnny Unitas was a unbelievable uh, quarterback. Unbelievable. I mean, he was great. So, uh, you know, they're, they're, how far back do you want to go? I guess that's the issue. Like, if we're talking about greatest baseball players of all time, well, obviously you put Babe Ruth there, but are you going to go all the way back, you know, 100 years ago, or are you going to go to the modern-day era? That that's the, that's the question I have when you talk about, you know, great football players. See, to me, I think it encompasses everything because when you talk about greatest running backs in the history of the NFL, Jim Brown comes to mind on everyone's list. Well, Jim Brown played in the 60s, all right? So that's not modern-day era football. But Jim Brown's clearly one of the great running backs in the history of the National Football League. So you can't just discount him because he played, you know, he didn't play in the modern era. Um, I'll say this about Patrick Mahomes. It's an interesting question. You can't talk about great quarterbacks of all time and not have him in the list if he goes and does what you just said. Even if he doesn't beat Lamar Jackson this year. He's still very much in the prime. He probably will have an opportunity to get back again. He's going to go down as one of the, he's going to be a first ballot hall of famer. I guess that's another way to answer that question. He's going to be a first ballot hall of famer. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that he's in only in, I think his seventh year of his career this season. So, I mean, the the all time greats, they can go for what, 15 plus years. And I mean, he's just entering his prime, like you said, I know that their team's getting older. You don't know about Kelsey in the future, but as long as you have Mahomes, I think they have a chance. As long as you have Patrick Mahomes, you have a chance. That is absolutely correct, 100%. Yeah, and then I wanted to talk about some of the NFC North teams. I don't know if I'm sure you saw, but what do you think Jordan Love was thinking on that last throw? It's like he just gave up and threw it up, hoping for the best. Yeah, you know, it's his MO. He does have a tendency to make that bad throw. I think it's a great, you know, learning experience. Listen, I think the guy really proved a lot of people wrong this year. A lot of people thought that, okay, now no more Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, the Packers weren't very good last year with Aaron. But the point is, Jordan Love now has made a lot of people in Green Bay not talk about Aaron Rodgers anymore. Like, you you saw how well he played against the Cowboys. He was brilliant against the Cowboys. And... The Packers are a team you have to contend with now in that division. I mean, I think if you go into next year without even knowing what's going to happen this week, Detroit's one, Green Bay's two, Chicago is three, and Minnesota's four with Minnesota maybe being three. I'm not sold on the Vikings. I still 
wouldn't put them ahead of Green Bay or Detroit. But that's now all of a sudden a very balanced division. Yeah, and how about the Lions? I think that unless you're a Niners fan, I think the whole country is going to be rooting for them, the NFC yep. Championship. Just a great story, what Dan Campbell's been able to put together in such a short period of time. I think everybody's going to be cheering yep. for them. Well, I'm cheering for them because I'm so sick and tired of seeing that egomaniac Jerry Rice act like he's still on the 49ers. I think it's embarrassing. And, and I understand he's arguably the greatest receiver of all time, but he can't handle not having the attention around him all the time. Get your ass off the field, would you please? It's embarrassing to me. It really is. It's absolutely embarrassing. You see Ronnie Lott on the field like that before the game doing what Jerry Rice does? You, I mean, it's. I can go on and on. It's a joke. Get your ass off the field. It's embarrassing to me. Uh, and for that reason, I'm rooting well. That's not the only reason, but I'm with you. I'm rooting for the Lions. I think it's one of the great stories that we've seen in a long time. That's a long-suffering fan base. They didn't go. They went 32 years without a playoff win. They're an easy team to root for. You know, they're an easy team to root for. They embody a hardworking, blue-collar city very well. And I, I for one, am rooting for them on Sunday. I, I really am. Yeah, 100%. And then the last thing I have, how about those Oilers recently, 13 in a row, breaking records left and right? Yeah, you know, when they made their coaching change, uh, it really propelled them. And listen, you and I both know this, okay? I think they were a goalie away last year from maybe beating the Knights. And you and I knew that going into that series, the team that won that series would probably win the Cup, and that's what happened. And Aiden Hill for Vegas was by far the best goalie in that series. And really for the most part in the playoffs, that was the nemesis for the Oilers. If they can get solid goaltending this year, okay, when you have Dreisaitl and McDavid and the weapons that they have, you are going to be very tough to beat. But you and I both know this. You're not going to be judged by what you do in the regular season with with this team. You're going to be judged by what you do in the postseason. And, you know, they're only, and I say only, they're only right now, you know, when you look at that race, you know, the Vegas started off on fire, right? They started off absolutely on fire. And, you know, they have really dropped off. And the reason why they dropped off is because Aiden Hill was hurt and he's been hurt. And right now, Vancouver's won. Vegas is second, all right, seven points behind Vancouver. And then Edmonton is six points behind Vegas, all three teams make the playoffs. So this thing's going down to the wire. And I wouldn't count out Edmonton. I could see them. I mean, what is it? You said 13 in a row is right. Isn't it? Is it 12 in a row or 13 in a row? They've won whatever it is. But yeah, they're they're playing phenomenal hockey. Yeah, it's 13. And I 100 percent agree with you that even though McDavid with all he's done and all the numbers and records that he's broken so far, it's all about the playoffs. He's just going to have that kind of hovering over him his entire career until he can get over the hump. It's all about getting a cup. And I think if he can just get one, then that's going to be huge for him. We'll see. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot in the playoffs that, but you, you can't win in the Stanley cup without a goaltender. And I'm, you have to have a hot goaltender. And again, the Vegas got that last year. Aiden Hill was tremendous last year. He was tremendous. And he was, he was their third goalie going into the league. He wasn't even their number one guy, but he took over for Thompson. He got hurt. They brought in another goalie. He got hurt. And all of a sudden, Aiden Hill's the goalie, and he was brilliant. He was freaking brilliant last year for Vegas. Yeah, hey, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Now that, you know, you 
have watched the Kings with a four-game losing streak and their inconsistency this year. As a Kings fan and as someone that follows the team closely, where's your mind as it relates to this year? Like, do you have any confidence in this team? Do you think they're going to get going? Do you, you know, where, where, where are you at right now based on half the games being played? Yeah, I think that I'm a lot more optimistic than a lot of the other Kings fans right now. And that's just because De'Aaron Fox, he's in a slump right now. I think he'll get out of it pretty soon. You have the all-star break approaching, but I agree. You got to really get it together quickly. And I think Monty might have to make a move. Everyone's demanding all these trades and stuff that need to happen. I think if they can just dig themselves out of this, get a couple game winning streak going, then they're going to be right back into the top of the West because, like you said, the West is really close right now between 1 and 10. There's not a lot of separation. See, I, I have a different opinion than you do. I don't think they're going to get in the top tier in the West. And I think the reason why they're not going to get in the top tier in the West is 41 games is a large sample size in the NBA unless you've had injuries, and they haven't really had injuries. And I keep on looking at this stat that does not lie. That's point differential. They have the worst point differential among the top eight teams in the West, and it's not even close. They allow 118 points a game, okay? And that's just not going to win consistently in the NBA. All right, so you might ask, well, gee, how, how many points is that? Well, it's the most points of any team, all right, most points allowed by any team in the Western Conference of the top 10 teams with the exception of the 10th place Jazz, who allow 118.7. But, of course, they're playing much better. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I don't see this team getting ahead of Minnesota, Oklahoma City, Denver, or the Clippers. I just don't. Um, I think they have too many red flags. I think they have too many inconsistencies. I could see them getting the fifth. But they're already four games back, all right, in the loss column of – the fourth place Clippers. That's that's pretty significant with 41 games left. It's not insurmountable, obviously, but you know, you, you and and look at the schedule upcoming. Those final four games, Connor, before the All Star break are murderous. Denver at home, at Oklahoma City, at Phoenix, at Denver. That's a brutal four game stretch going into the break. Yeah, and then the last thing that I'll mention is that two things the Kings don't have that good teams usually do have pretty good records on back-to-backs and they make their free throws. The Kings, they're last in the league at the line. They have to improve that drastically if they're going to go up in the standings. Here's the other thing the Kings don't do well. They don't play well at home. They're only 13 and eight at home. That's not good. 13 and eight is not good at home. Yeah. Same problem as last year, except yep. the road records was a little worse this year. Uh, yeah. Right now they're 10 and 10 on the road. Yeah, they got to turn it around quick, and I think Mike Brown is a big factor in all of it. Connor, good call as always. You take care. Yeah, you too. Thanks for the call. All right, thank you very much. Let's get to some other folks, and we say hello to Jerry. Hello, Jerry. How are you today? Hey, Grant. What's going on, my friend? Hey, buddy. Hey, Grant. Last time I talked to you and I asked you, Will the Niners be ready for the Packers? And you said jokingly, I, I know. Hey, don't let me go through this phone and give you a big old slap. Do you know now know what I was talking about now? Yeah, but I they were ready for the Packers. It's not like they were taking them lightly. Um, I I really I said this 15 minutes ago. I don't know if you've been with us for the whole show or not. No, sir. But I, I think 
that when we talk about the Niners and we talk about Christian McCaffrey being so instrumental to that team, and he is, I'm not so sure that Debo Samuel is not the most important player on that 49ers offense, Sherry. You know, when he's on the field, they're a completely different team. You saw what happened in the middle of the year when he was hurt and wasn't on the field. They don't look good offensively. And I'd be really nervous because I don't know if he's playing this week. The x-ray on his shoulder was negative. He doesn't have a fracture. But I, I don't know if he's going to play this week. And if he does play, how effective he's going to be. It's just that offense looks totally different to me when he's not on the field. Grant, do you think if Debo is not 100%, Grant, uh, would you still put him out there as a decoy? No. If he's not able to play um, and be effective, then you don't put him out as a decoy. I think they'll if he's on the field – it's because they feel he can contribute. And Grant, with your rant this morning, you said that if they come out and play like they did against the Packers, uh, Detroit's going to win the game. Uh, Detroit has the 27th worst uh, pass defense. Do you think that's going to? Uh, do you think that's going to make a difference? Um, yeah, I think everything makes a difference in this game. But generally speaking, these championship games are lo- are lost more than they're won. And you're a Niners fan, so you know what I'm talking about. If you want to, and I'm a Giants fan, if you want to go back to the Roger Craig fumble, if you want to go back to the two fumbles by Kyle Williams, you know, those are mistakes that turn the game around. Games of this magnitude are normally lost more than they're won. That one bad throw, that one fumble, uh, like Kansas City was able to withstand the fumble at, you know, the half yard line going in, which would have wrapped up the game. Generally, and not all the time, Jerry, but most of the time, you're you're going to lose the game more than you're going to win the game. The other aspect of this, which I find very interesting, is the Jared Goff factor. He's going to feel very comfortable in this environment from the past. You know, he's been in a lot of big games in that stadium against the 49ers when he was with the Rams. So I don't think you're going to get a rattle, Jared Goff. Now, I'm not saying, Jerry, that he's going to play a perfect game. I'm not saying that. But I, I don't think this moment is going to be too big for him. I mean, he's already been in the Super Bowl. But, uh, Jerry, you tell me, Brock Purdy was rattled on Saturday night. He did not look very good. And if he plays like that on Sunday against the Lions, I don't care what their statistics are against the pass. They're going to win the game. The, the Grant, Lions are going to win the game. If, if if Purdy plays like that this Sunday, the Lions are probably going to win the game. Grant, do you think Purdy play like that because of the weather? And we all know that he does not like playing in the in the rain. Uh, he kept going to his tail, wiping his hand every single time. Even when the plays were being done, he kept going to his hand to wipe his hand yep. off. Do you think that's going to make a difference, Grant? Because I heard that it's supposed to be uh, nice there next Sunday, uh, do you think that's going to make a difference for him? It, it won't hurt. And there are certain quarterbacks that, you know, Troy Aikman didn't like throwing a ball in the rain. There are certain quarterbacks uh, that just don't do well. So we'll see. Jerry, you're at home. You worked all year. And I'll tell you something else, Jerry, that concerned me. And I said this, even though I said I was going to smack you in the head, but I said this, I think maybe a day <laughs> or two before you came on. Oh, I don't like, I don't, I don't like a coach that gives his players that much time off. You know, they didn't play anybody in the final week of the regular season. Now, I understand not playing uh, Trent Williams or a player like that if he's banged up, but it's too much time off. And I thought the 49ers were a little rusty from their layoff. They won't be rusty this weekend. You know, they won't. They they should be hitting on all cylinders. They really should. Grant, um, so with that said, you're picking the Niners? 
Uh, I don't know yet. I'm going to wait for the injury report. You know, again, I thought Baltimore was rusty in their game in the first right. half against Houston because they, they, they did the same thing. They didn't play anybody in the final game against Pittsburgh. I personally think that's too much time off at this time of the year, and I thought it took Baltimore a half to get going. You know what, Jerry? On Friday, I'll make my pick. I haven't made my pick yet. I'm going to wait till I see Debo Samuel. I'm going to wait till I see the injury report on Friday, and then I'll make my pick. All right, sir. Well, Grant, thanks for taking my call, Grant. Labor show as always. Take care. Thank you, Jerry. Take care. Bye bye. I don't like that. I don't. I, I don't like not playing your starters in the final week of the regular season. Then having a bye week. You know, you're giving you guys three weeks off between games. Too long. Don't like that. Don't like that. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls. This show is sponsored by Better Help. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Grant. And we say good afternoon to Lyft Harris. Hi, Lyft Harris. Hi, Grant. How you doing? I'm good. Um, How are you? Uh, well, I was at the game, and everybody talked about the weather. Uh, second half was completely dry. In the first half, there was a little bit showers and not much of the rain. So the weather was not a factor at all. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess it was the question between rust and rust. And Russ was a big factor. I can see that, but I don't expect the Niners to be the same way next Sunday. Uh, so we were lucky. You know, I, I don't agree. I don't agree with you that weather was not a factor. I mean, you looked at all the players slipping on that field. It was a factor. The Niners twice got beat badly in coverage because their DB slipped and fell down. So I don't agree with you that it wasn't a factor. Now I know both teams were playing on the same field. But it, it was a factor. The footing was not good on uh, on Saturday. And, the, you know, watching the game on TV, you know, they kept on showing the sideline with all their various different cleats and players sliding and slipping, uh, particularly defensive backs. It, it was somewhat of a factor. I don't agree with you on that. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I wasn't even wearing a raincoat the second half. There was no rain at all. I mean, anyway. Well, um, so uh, we're just lucky, so lucky that uh, the win the game. Because we didn't expect to win the game. All the fans knew by the time we got to the end of the fourth quarter, or we're losing the game, it's our last game. So, um, but you know, it started with the, the kicker. And we were lucky that their kicker is worse than ours. So I don't understand how Parker kept his kicker, even though he had, I read he had like four field goals uh, that uh, they were not good. So I don't know how they keep the same kicker. 
um, that was a big point for us not to get tied the game but in the beginning of the game with the about to uh, get ahead. Um, so I, I expect next week the Niners to be much better and Brock Purdy to actually play better. Uh, it's just, uh, it, it was like you said, the rust and was a good point, a good uh, thing to let the players to have much much of the rest. But, rest. but uh, without deep or summer, uh, the Niners are going to lose a big factor, and you can see the offensive line. That, you know, when the player uh, offense, when Depot's not there, it's, they, they lose kind of loss. Uh, they're not. They don't have much of the choices. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's a big loss when you don't have them on the field. I mean, there's a, and I would also, I want to go back to the first thing you said, and then we'll talk about the second thing. You know, if you are a 49ers fan, I'm just curious if the game comes down to Moody's foot. I mean. You know, as a rookie in a championship game, that wouldn't be the most comforting comforting position to be in. You know, this isn't Robbie Gold, who is proven time and time again. And I'm not saying, by the way, that Moody would miss the kick, but that would make me nervous first time through the playoffs in a game coming down to where you need your rookie kicker to send you to the Super Bowl. Again, I'm not saying he would miss it, but that would make me, you know, a little nervous. As far as the 49ers offense, a couple of things left, Harris. You're a big 49ers fan. They look rusty to me. I thought they had too much time off between games. I saw Baltimore in the first half. I thought they looked rusty. And But then when you lose Debo Samuel in the middle of the game, it does change your offense. And it changes the defense and how they play. You know, you now all of a sudden lose arguably your biggest weapon on offense. And it changes the way you can play defense. And I thought all those things happened. Yes, exactly right. I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. And uh, also the last uh, uh, second of the game, the last minute of the game, when uh, we got that intersection and uh, um, we got the ball and everyone was shouting, the whole stadium was shouting, get down, get down. And then nobody could understand why he kept running around the field with the ball. And he was running the risk to be a uh, fumble. Uh, that was a heart attack for everybody with them to see him to you know, uh, you know- drop the Yes, go ahead. I don't know what Dre. I don't know what Dre Green, uh, Dre Greenlaw is thinking there. I mean, I don't understand how a player could be that out of tune with the situation. I, I, I it's mind-boggling to me. I mean, can you? Hey, Left Harris, you were at the game. Can you imagine if he had fumbled that ball? Oh my and the gosh! Had, and, and the Packers had gotten it back and kicked oh the field gosh. goal and won that game in overtime. Seriously, could you imagine? Yeah. I mean, what are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, it's just like it's almost like you're you're. Uh, that's baffling to me. That was one of the most baffling things I saw all weekend. Yeah, I mean, I mean, everybody was holding their breath when we saw him running around. Said, "What the hell are you doing? Get down!" I mean, the game is over. It's like it was. I mean, everybody had almost a heart attack as, uh, yep. because we saw the green pocket closing on him. Are you going to the so, game? Are you going to the? Are you going to the championship game? I don't know yet. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Right. Thank you, Grant. Hey, thank you very much, Lefteris. Appreciate you. Bye bye now. All right. You know, I, I don't know what Greenlaw is thinking. I, I just, that's baffling to me. All right, let's get to John. Hello, John. How are you? Doing good, Grant. How are you? I'm good, buddy. And I liked hearing uh, you guys talking a little bit of hockey. It was a, uh, I was watching the Sixers in San Antonio and it was just getting to halftime. And Joel had a freaking awesome first half, by the way. And Vegas was down. Two to three, and then in that little bit of time, 
they scored two goals. And while you guys were talking about their, their goalie, you know, Hill has been so good in their whole room. And after getting rid of Marc-Andre Fleury and just still having their goalie room, just so, so stout. It's amazing. To yeah. Marc-Andre Mark Fleury at the end of his career and they're, they, they just felt that they needed to go in a different direction. And they didn't think Aiden Hill was the guy, by the way, he was not number one on their depth no, chart. He was the second, second or third, but right. I think, I mean, yeah. yeah, but after, well, and Hey, Marc-Andre Fleury, he had an awesome freaking career. I mean, I'm thinking hall of fame for him. He, he's done so much for, you know, for goalies. But for those guys to get it's off one of the greatest of, goalies in the history of the game, he's one of the greatest goalies ever. No question. No question about it. And if somebody disagrees with that, they should just get out of the conversation or they just don't know. Amen. They just don't know enough. So yeah, yep. exactly. Um, so that's one thing I, I enjoyed that call. The way you were talking about the uh, Buffalo bills and their coaching decisions and their whole team, you know, it reminds me of the team I root for suspect coaching calls, suspect quarterback play everything the whole thing and then the inability to to capitalize late in, in postseason it they're very very similar kind of like we talked a little bit last week miami and philadelphia almost had the same season great start and just crap their crap their yep. bed at the end of the season you know what i mean seem to be just a lot of similarities and that's just how it is that's why we play them and that's that's why uh that's why the nfl is so great is because it's always good competition and even even with uh, some of the suspect coaching decisions and so forth over the weekend these were some good well, games to watch you know you get down i'm gonna make i'm gonna make a, i'm gonna make a prediction 12 months in advance okay the dallas cowboys will lose next year in the playoffs <laughs> early if Dak prescott is their quarterback okay i'm gonna make a prediction too grant by weekend you'll be hoping the giants tank so it's kind of well, it's yeah but but you, but you see here's the difference okay your teams that you root for and my team that I root for had the same number of playoff wins this year. Okay. I know. And I get a, and I get a much better draft pick than you do now, based on the way the giants have drafted, it may not matter, but don't forget that. Okay. We had the same number of playoff wins. Yeah, I know. We sure did. And congratulations there too, I guess, you know, <laughs> this is why we play him. Right. <laughs> this is why we play him, buddy. Yeah. Um, All right, buddy. Yeah. I just wanted to get on board, say happy Monday and man, Grant, tomorrow is my birthday. It's going to be the first birthday. I haven't spoken to my father in my 56 years oh. of existence. So it's going to be a little different. It's yep. last year was last year was a freaking tough ass year for me. I'm hoping this year's going to be a little better. It can't be much worse. Thank you. Well, Thank you, Grant. I'll be for I, hey, you know what? If, if I don't talk to you, if I don't talk to you tomorrow and I probably won't happy birthday, I'll be thinking about you and uh, all the best to you, my friend. I appreciate you. And thanks very much for being such a big part of this show. Thank you. Well, hey, Grant, I, you know, I like, I told you I'd be supporting you forever and it, that's the case. And, you know, Ryan's doing a great job on the preseason, yeah. pre post half everything. And it's great having Jerry on and all you guys when you can. And when you let me, let me on board to mess your show up. That's fun for me, too, man. So <laughs> thanks right, again. Take care. Yeah, have a great one. Happy buddy. birthday. Thanks to everybody. Right, Thank you. All right. The only thing John said in that whole call that was wrong, Vegas was down two to three. No, John, they were down three to two. That's it, John. Other than that, everything was perfect. All right. Uh, don't forget, pregame with Ryan, halftime, postgame, all coming up on the show. If you don't like that over on my YouTube, you take care.
really enjoyed having so many people here. Uh, love the calls. And I love this format where we're able to, you know, talk back and forth and bounce things, uh, you know, off each other. I, I will say this, and I've said this a lot in the past several weeks. I mean, I don't even know if I want to do a show tomorrow or the post-game show tonight if the Kings lose to an Atlanta Hawks team without Trey Young. Like, and I really mean that. Like, I, I, I really mean that. I, I just, you want to think, you want to, you want to know if things are going bad with this team? Lose tonight to a Hawks team without several players not in the lineup, including Trey Young. And then you'll know that this team's got some issues. Talk to you soon over on my YouTube channel, Ryan630 with the pregame to get it started. So long, everybody. Thank you very much.